Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today is Alex. Hello. And Brian. Hey. Today, we're going to talk about our most anticipated games of 2024. But before we get to all of that, you can find all the places you can listen to the show. Check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, and Corey Z for their contributions. One of the perks to join the Patreon is to get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys talked about 2010's Frozen. That's from director Adam Green, not the Disney film. It's a horror film. Oh, uh, but God. they should have an... What's that? Thank God. Yeah. They should have an episode out this week on the 1990s adaptation of The Lord of the Flies. I think it's 1993. So please keep an eye out for that. Check it out. Horror Movie Yearbook. Com. It should be a good one. Very cool. What uh, what have you guys been playing? I've been playing a bunch. Like what? Like I have played and beaten Prince of Persia The Lost Crown, which nice. is the new Metroid-style Prince of Persia game out from Ubisoft on, I think, all platforms. I played it. On Xbox using Ubisoft Plus, I think it's called now. Um, so I paid the seventeen ninety nine for a month of that, rather than paying fifty dollars to buy the game outright. And uh, it was quite good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a very good Metroid style game. There's a lot of people that are super high on it. I think for me. The controls just aren't quite as responsive, but they're also trying to do a lot more than, like, your typical Metroid, because okay. instead of it just being, like, shoot things, you have, like, slashes, and you have a bow and arrow that fires projectiles, so you, there's, like, melee combat and ranged combat, and there's combos you can do, and you can employ some of the powers that you get in your fighting, and there's a parry, and things like that. So it's trying to do a whole lot more, but I don't feel like the tightness of a Metroid game, I think is very, one of the reasons I like those games. And I just feel like, even though they're doing a whole lot more with what, with, with the combat in this game, uh, I didn't, it, it didn't love it as much as I thought I would. That being said, I got close to 25 hours out of it, I think. Um, and I think it's quite good. The story is okay. It gets better by the end of the game. Um, but it's kind of a fun way to pass it back to the Prince of Persia of yore, I think. And, uh, and I think people like it. It sounds like it hasn't been selling great, which is a bummer, but, um, huh. hopefully more people will check it out. Cause I mean, everything I've heard about it on podcasts, people are loving it, but um, I I definitely want to get that at some point. I think I'm going to wait for a sale. Yeah, but, I think that's perfectly. I mean, I reasonable. know it's not terribly expensive, but I also assume, like you said, it's not terribly long either, right? Which I, is I, 25 hours is okay, pretty reasonable, but I don't know. I wouldn't. I I'm glad I didn't spend fifty dollars on it. 
I think the seventeen ninety nine price point of playing like I was like I'm getting Ubisoft Plus for a month. I will play this game until I'm done, and then I will cancel. And that's exactly what I did. Cool. And um, maybe let's do that. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. I and, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'm I'm very interested because I really uh, was a huge fan of the original Prince of Persia games. Yeah, which the are fir- more the first Prince of Persia. Scrolling. Yeah, the first first Prince of Persia game was the second PC game I ever bought for myself. Nice. It had a very cool box, and I sold it for many hundreds of dollars last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the collectors are certainly certainly in it for that one, that's for sure. But I'm sure the discs don't work anymore. Or maybe I they do. do. I don't know. <laughs> I do miss I mean, Prince of Persia being like a going concern in the gaming space. Yeah. It feels like since, um, I mean, the Sands of Time trilogy that came out on like PS2, Xbox was really, really great. Uh, it was, well, it was at least two very great games and one okay game. And, yeah. uh, since then they've been kind of trying to do that in a couple different iterations, but they've only made, they made like, they made a game that was like budget Jake Gyllenhaal when the movie came out, I think, um, called The Forgotten Sands, which was okay. Um, and then there was one before that that was Cell Shaded, which I never played but wanted to check out. Um, but I just miss... I feel like Assassin's Creed pushed Prince of Persia off of a ledge into a, sp- a pit of spikes and... It makes me sad because I like Prince of Persia more for some reason. I just, all I hear is Ubisoft, 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 Ubisoft. <laughs> you have to pay for Ubisoft Plus to hear what I'm actually saying, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that was good. I enjoyed it. I have played a couple other things. I picked up a game called Home Safety Hotline. Have you guys heard anything about this game? Nothing other Only than what you posted you. in the Discord with uh, Granny Cream's <clears throat> hot butter ice cream. Yeah, so it's from it's from some of the people who made Hypnospace Outlaw, which is a game that looks a lot like the internet and computers of yore. And Home Safety Hotline is very similar. It looks like a Windows 95 interface when you boot it up. And you are part of a call service that people can call when they're having issues in their home. And you're given a log of entries of potential threats that these people could be dealing with. And you need to kind of match up the things that they're saying to the entries to help give them advice on how to deal with the things that they're dealing with. So in the first set of entries, you have things like bees. Bees are small matriarchal flying insects in the description. Dangers are bee stings. Solution is to remove bees from a household, you must first locate their hive you know, once found, don't try and do it by hand until they're asleep or killed, that kind of thing. Pretty normal, right? But one of the other ones in that first set that you that you find is for houseflies. Houseflies are small flying creatures that are known to commonly reside inside homes and frequently surround those whose death is impending. Homeowners are afflicted with houseflies commonly report buzzing sounds and thoughts of decay. That sounds a little bit weird, right? Yeah, a little. How do you know this isn't actually, like, you're not getting real, like, 
call response. You're like you're acting as like a like a ro- one of those robotic voices that calls and it's like, "Hi, I am a human," but you're actually like doing it through a game, but they don't tell you that you're actually doing it. That'd be wonderful. So there's really good voice acting in this game, and you get the same calls every time. So it's like the game's 15 bucks. It's but not maybe the game's wrong. playing you. Like Maybe. using, like just masking someone else's voice with the built-in AI-generated voices, and then Entirely you're actually possible. giving someone in another country advice about their house flies and bees. Well, that could be great because eventually you start getting to things like, uh, let's see, what's one of my favorites here that I could read off? Um, uh, whistling fungi is one of the later entries that you unlock. Let me read this to you. <laughs> Whistling fungi are small mushroom-like growths that, uh, with many small holes in their caps that frequently grow through a drywall gaps and cracks. Homeowners infested with whistling fungi often report a dissonant whistling sound coming from their walls. Warning, if you ever hear whistling fungi singing in harmony, evacuate your home immediately. <laughs> whistling fungi are rarely dangerous to humans, but their growth can cause foundational problems. If whistling fungi ever sing in harmony, evacuate your home immediately and do not return for any reason. Otherwise, whistling fungi can be removed with common weed killers or utilizing home safety hotlines, fungal removal services. That one is one of my favorites that come up, but you also get other kinds of strange uh, phenomenon that you get to uh, to deal with. The fun thing is, is if you if you like... So you're basically, you receive a call, they describe their problems, and then you select from the entries that are available available to you at that time, and it's just a drop down. So you can send them the wrong thing, and if you send them the wrong thing, usually you get a call back where they're like, you guys gave us shitty information, and now blah, 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 blah. Like, they, they all react in weird ways, and some of them maybe end up a little more dangerous than other ones, which is pretty good. Um, but it's fun. It's weird. It's great. It's very small scoped. It's an indie game made by just a handful of people. And once you kind of finish the game, there's like a 30 page art book where they talk about how and why they developed the game. It's very cool. Home safety hotline out on Steam. People did you check get it out. the deluxe version for a dollar more? That has I didn't. The, the soundtrack. I should have. There's, there's really great like like hold music that the game has I'll in it for because you're putting people on hold while you read the entries to try and figure out which thing they're they're uh, they're being afflicted with at the time, <laughs> and uh, it's it's awesome. It's a it's a fun game. It's pretty short. You know, I don't know that it'll be for everybody, but I'm I'm very glad that I played it. Honestly, the Nextlander guys played it on a stream, and if you don't feel like buying it, but you want to see people play it, that's a great way to experience the game too. Um, but yeah, it is an indie dev. I'm proud to support an indie dev for fifteen dollars for sure. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Home safety hotline. Um, what if it's just training you for your future as like a telemarketer? I mean, it certainly feels like that. <laughs> it, it very much feels like working at a call center for sure. <laughs> what I imagine working at a call center would be like. Um, Is that why it's listed in the horror genre? Things take a turn, <laughs> I would say. You know, so it just it sounds like you know it'd be horrific. 
Yeah, in a way. Working in a call think. center. There's also like, <laughs> I'll just say there. there's other things because it is a fake like desktop. You have emails that you can read from the company and there's one that's like, hey, um, it's weird. There's like videos appearing on people's desktops. We're sorry about this issue. We'll resolve it soon. So then it'll play this video and it's just like a commercial for the home safety hotline. They're all like very weird and off-putting in different ways. And it's just, it's the right amount of weird and like creepy. I was playing it like at 11 o'clock at night with my computer being the only light in the room that I could see. And it, it wasn't like, it's not like, it's not like Resident Evil creepy in that kind of way, but it's kind of just creepy enough where you're like, hmm, this is... I feel strange about this video I'm watching or these people that are talking to me. It's very, it's very fun. So <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of like the dead letters in control or something. It's it's kind of control adjacent in a whale. It's like if control had a home safety hotline. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say, I started up Lunacid, which is another indie that I brought up to you guys a while back, but it is a Kingsfield-like. We've talked about Kingsfield in the mm-hmm. past as being a previous franchise from the From Software developer, and uh, uh, it's it's hard. It's hard like a Kingsfield, I can tell you that much. I haven't gotten super far yet, but I'm interested to keep playing it and checking it out. Um, and, you know, that's another... Indie available on Steam right now for I think twenty twenty five something like that. So nice, yeah. But that's it. Have you guys been playing anything, Brian? Yeah, uh, not as much as I'd like per usual, but um, I dabbled in a bit more of the Cyberpunk uh, Phantom Liberty expansion. Nice. nice. And, uh, let's see what else. Oh, I played through Little Hope, finally. That's one of the Dark Pictures anthology games. I believe it's the third one in the series. I think it's the second. I think House of Asses is no, the third Yeah, one. I'm sorry, second. That's what <laughs> yep. I meant to say. House of Asses. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> you just casually throw that out <laughs> there the like it's its actual it name. Ah, uh, yes, the House of Asses. Um, the House of Asses. Of the three that I've played, Man of Medan and yeah, Little Hope and House of Asses, um, it's definitely my least favorite. Hmm. Um, Erica agreed. Yeah, we played through it together um, like we did the other two. And uh, we lost a couple people along the way, per usual. Um but the story is good, but it unfolds at a very plodding pace. Mm. I mean, you spend way too much of the game just walking through a forest or, and just down a road. And it's it's like, I get it. I understand kind of what they're going for, but it's just... It's it's the pacing is just not good. Yeah. <laughs> um and from a gameplay perspective, I feel like there's less gameplay than the other two offer. There's just not I feel like the choices you're making I mean they they do clearly matter in the ending that you get, but um 
I don't know. It just, uh, it wasn't as, I felt like more in control of the other two, which I liked. Um, but yeah, the actual story is interesting. The ending was very interesting. Uh, I'd be curious to see if you guys could predict that anything about the ending playing through it. Cause I did not, but <laughs> He just made sense at the end, but um, yeah, you should uh, you should still give it a whirl. It's it's short. Like I feel like it didn't take us more than like I don't know five five to seven hours, maybe. I feel like did it was you, five. Um, did it show you any glimpses of House of Asses? It did. Like, do, yeah. yeah, I was gonna I say found I, one item that uh, showed a little video from it, a premonition, actually. Okay. Yeah, I remember playing House of Asses and getting one that was like, oh, this seems like it's for the next story or yeah. something like that. So, And then, of course, after the credits, they showed a trailer for it. Nice. Uh, I, th- I think that's the standard. Um, yeah, Alex, you said you have the quarry, so I, I would like to do that one next. Sure. And then I'll probably pick up... Uh, the devil you know at some point or whatever devil and devil and me yeah Yeah. i've heard not great things about that one but i don't know about in comparison to how people reacted to little hope so maybe it's better than that i don't know i I still do want to play it just yeah you're 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 the completionist in you must play yeah the final (laughs) one right i did play about maybe half hour 45 minutes of until dawn so eric could see what that was all about and she was like she immediately noticed like how much older it looks. Mm. It's still a good looking game, but like the animation in the, especially with the facial animation stuff, it's definitely more wooden. Yeah. But it, it is getting it a is, remaster. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I they, might just, they just announced that like last week. I might week. just set that down then. <laughs> it's a good idea. But, uh, I mean, I guess it depends on the price too. I don't want to spend a ton of money on a remaster for that, but, uh, it is, uh, it's bringing back some good memories already of things that happened in that game. And, uh, yeah, I could definitely play through that one again. Um, there's definitely a lot more to do. It's definitely more interactive, at least yeah. coming from Little <laughs> Hope. Um, and uh, apparently they are making a season two of, uh, the anthology. Nice. Yeah, so um, they're just—I think they're planning another four games. Uh, I think the first one's supposed to come out at some point this year. That's crazy. That's that's such a quick churn on those games. Yeah. Did you Even guys dabble in the VR are... one? Sorry. The most uh, recent one that came out. Yeah. Not yet. No. Okay. So I remember playing. Rush of Blood, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, which is really yeah. just an on-the-rails shooter, and I think the the Dark Pictures one is also just a shooter. It's not really like... Mm. Yeah, and then they did do, I think, The Inpatient? Maybe? Uh, was okay. that them? I don't know. Uh, yes, and it wasn't great. <laughs> I didn't love it. Um yeah. was also VR, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in addition to that, I also played a decent amount more of the 
Tribes 3 Rivals playtest when it's been active. Um, they do change a lot as far as balancing goes, like each weekend that they roll the, roll out the playtest. So it's interesting to see, but I'm still kind of worried. Like, it's, like, I love Tribes games, and I'll play them anyways, but, like, I don't really like a lot of their choices they're making with this one, like with the smaller teams and smaller levels and less complicated uh, loadout options and whatever. It's just... They're dumbing it down in some weird ways, I feel like. And that that's kind of a bummer. But, uh... Yeah, we'll see how it goes. On, on the plus side, it does feel really good. They definitely have things they need to continue to balance. But, um... The only... The only it, it would be more fun if it wasn't, like, largely... It, it's, like, two different groups right now. It's people that are just poking in to see what the hell it is that mm-hmm. have ne- I feel like have never played a tribes game. And then there's the people that are, st- have still been playing tribes on like unofficial <laughs> servers for yeah. the last several decades. And you can spot them immediately because they're, they will have kill counts like five times what I have. And mine's probably higher than like the average player. And then, and then they'll just like, like the team that they're on will just, have all of the flag captures and the other team will have like one. And yeah, it's like the, I've only seen one close match. I think the whole time I've been playing, Hmm. I've probably got what? Yeah. I've 7.3 hours in it, which is kind of a lot for how little, how rarely the play test runs. Like it's usually, sometimes it's only Thursday and Friday which is weird, but then the last couple weekends I actually did Thursday to Sunday. But I don't know. Like, I hope it ends up being alright, and I can persuade people to check it out, because it it has just, like, a... For a shooter, it has just so much more verticality and speed to it than, like, anything else out there. So it's just, uh... There's, like, a high skill ceiling, obviously. and But it's still pretty easy to grasp the concept of it. The the whole skiing down slopes to gain speed. But, uh, yeah. So that's cool. Beyond that, I just played the usual stuff. Nice. Uh, PUBG, Call of Duty, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, Fortnite. Baldur's Gate 3 a little bit. No, I don't do Fortnite. I don't know. Tom wrote in and said you played Fortnite, so uh, I believe him. No, I mean I did a long time ago. <laughs> I might have tried to boot it up once. <laughs> That's it. I, just, yeah. I tried to boot it, <laughs> but it's not even installed now. So, John, what have you been playing? Anything? Uh, so this past week they dropped the PlayStation state of play and they showed off a 10 minute death stranding two trailer. And I went headfirst back into death stranding. (laughs) Um, 
And it's funny because, like, I always, like, I pick this game up and put it down multiple times, and I didn't restart. I will say that I am continuing the game I've been playing on the Steam Deck. Nice. Um, Which I'm currently running in, like, the highest graphical setting on the Steam Deck, and it runs fine. That's it's just cool. a uh, really solid engine. It just yeah. fucking works, man. And it looks so good on that tiny screen. And it plays great. And I just, I keep forgetting how much I love playing that game. And uh, it's funny because we were talking in the Discord, uh, the network Discord about Pal World, because I think it was, it was it Bruce that was playing it? Jason. Jason, Jason was playing it. Yeah. I could, I, I didn't want to pull it up, but yeah. Okay. So Jason's been playing it. He talks about how great it is and he's enjoying it and everything. And, and like, I tried playing it and I couldn't really get into it because the crafting stuff just kind of bugs me. Uh, but when it comes to Death Stranding, you know, me having to go and find like 1,500 pieces of metal to rebuild a section of road is no problem. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I'll figure Love this it. out. You're going to build a road, man. I, yeah. <laughs> I build, be so sick. I, but, but the thing is, like, there's, there's this feedback loop of like, you build a road, other people use it because they're in your network, and then you get likes. And like you in getting likes, you get it's like experience points in a way, and like all this other like it just has a man, different. It's like being on Instagram. It's great. It is almost. It hits different, man. I I can't explain it, but that game is just so good. And Zach asked, like, did you guys actually like it? Yeah, fuck yeah, man. This game is it's so good for sure. Uh, the I need story to play more. The story is wonky as fuck, man. It is so out there. And like, I actually, because uh, I was talking to one of the guys at work about it, and he was like, you really should finish it. And uh, I, just, I was explaining how <clears throat> I haven't even gotten to anything where I'm actually like fighting against Mads Mikkelsen. Like, I've never gotten that far. But I went online because the the kid was like, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'm like, that's fine. I'll spoil it for myself. And I went online and I found some dude who explains the whole story of Death Stranding start to finish. And he goes through the importance of different characters and he breaks down like the naming conventions of characters and things, which is fucking awesome. The amount of thought that went into this game is just absurd. Um, Hence Kojima being a fucking mastermind. (laughs) Uh, And I I'm just like completely sucked into it right now like it's all i've been thinking i like i want to go down and play i know i have other work to do when we're done podcasting but i want to play that game yeah um and i'll probably fall asleep doing it i usually (laughs) i usually complete a section of road and then promptly fall asleep like see i haven't even gotten to the point where you can build roads and i feel like once i get to that point i might actually be hooked it's just i don't have anything cool to play with yet and you, I'm seven hours into the game, there's, apparently. So there's something about... like I, I personally find gratification in completely avoiding BTs at all costs. And so well, that I'm would like, be nice if I were better at it, because I'm stocking up they ruin on, my life. I'm filling, I'm filling myself with ladders and like ropes and shit, and I'm like, I'm going to find the most absurd path possible to get to where I need to go, because I am not fighting those things right now, especially early <laughs> game when you don't have the weaponry to actually defeat them. Like the poop yeah. grenades or whatever the poop, they are. Well, no, the blood grenades, the hematic grenades gr- are what you need. <laughs> blood, poop, same thing. Um early on at least and then they're they're come to find out there are many more weapons that i didn't even know existed in this game you're playing the director's cut right 
Yes. So there's extra weapons that weren't yeah. in the first. Uh, like, but I don't. I don't even know. I so I did eventually buy the a PS5 copy of the director's cut, and I think I've installed it twice now without having playing played it at all. <laughs> yeah. And so I I installed it again. I do want to try and jump back in a little bit. What might pull me back in is that I read that in the director's cut, you can build roads in the third act, like up in the mountains. Uh, okay. Or something like that, maybe. So, um, I want to build those roads. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go back. I'll probably third, just watch the story act, thing. not third chapter, right? Like you're talking in like, I I can't even really remember like the because there is a uh, chapter like, convention to the game. I'm currently in the third chapter, which is known as the fragile chapter. Yeah, where like I basically have partnered up with fragile. Yeah, and then. Yeah, like I've spoiled the story to the point where I've act, like I know why Fragile's named Fragile, like who why she is Fragile. Well, you know more than I know even though I beat the game. I just Dude, also can't remember cuz who knows. I'll, I'll link you the video ago. because it's a really it's a really great it. breakdown and it it if anything it made me want to play the game even more to have to just experience the stuff. So, yeah. well, when I say third act, I mean I think there's three land masses basically yeah you've got the east coast you've got the midwest and the and like the mountain and then you have like the west coast yeah so the, and the, the west, west coast, coast is where area. amelie is and you're trying to get to amelie in order to rescue her because she's being held by mule terrorists essentially hicks who has the most dooms in all the world that means nothing to anyone um I, yeah, it, the, the game is so ridiculous. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. And then the DS2 trailer dropped, and I'm like, how can it get more ridiculous? Yeah. And then it does. He found and, a way. <laughs> and Kojima was like, hey, did you ever hear of the game Total Distortion from the early 90s? It has to do with like rock and roll stars <laughs> fighting battles on the moon with guitar like warlords. And everyone else is like, no, we've never heard of that. And he's like, well, you do now. And He's then, like, like, well, I'm going to steal this awesome guitar thing, and yeah. we'll have a guitar battle. And... Uh, Troy Baker and his like a dro- androgynous like whatever he is in this game now like in the trailer like I don't even know what to make of any of this the opening sequence of the trailer when they're performing an autopsy on someone who's supposed to be like necrotizing but they're actually still alive or something like what the fuck is going on I don't know come but to you find out to you're, know. On, you're on some weird ship submarine thing in the middle of like the sea which is not the real sea as we know it but some shift between like worlds like I, it, it's completely fucked like it isn't, is so isn't, isn't sam like black and white while everybody else is like normal color and shit there's a reasoning too? behind yeah. all of yeah, that yeah. like yep. and it, it gets it happens in ds1 like it gets all of this, these things get broken down at some point which explains it explains a good portion of like what you're seeing in DS2 but still th- what they present you in DS2 of plot you're just like what the fuck yeah. the uh the the Guillermo del Toro like puppet thing that hisses at Higgs Hicks yeah. Hicks Higgs Hicks Higgs I think it's Higgs yeah, yeah. Mike like what the fuck dude it's so it's cr- I am I am so ready for that game like, I'm not even really anticipated about any games for 2024. I don't know why we're having this episode. I'm anticipating games for 2025 right now. I have like, plenty on my list, but yeah, we'll talk right, about yeah, that. Yeah, let's get to that. Yeah, we'll jump into that right now. It's a good segue. Play Death Stranding, everyone, to get ready for Death Stranding 2. 
I, I really liked that trailer. It was pretty badass. It was super badass. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just another quick shout. I'm really excited for whatever his next project is because he's going back into stealth espionage. Uh, and it's supposedly going to be a movie slash game combination of some sort. So maybe That's he's going to learn. Shit. A, he's going to learn a thing or two from Remedy. You know, he's got like three fucking projects going on right now with that Stranding Two, and then the Xbox OD. exclusive. Yeah, OD. Yeah, and whatever this yeah. Return to Metal Gear ish. I have a feeling OD is probably going to be something along the lines of what. Um, P- PT PT was supposed to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep he just chose two different letters as a fuck you like you yeah. can't yeah. sue me over this it's just letters of the alphabet yeah there were <laughs> there were people tearing apart things in the trailer that was pointing towards some of the Silent Hills stuff that he's was... he's just all about singular like two letters side by side should have called PT like BTs BTs yeah all of yeah. those things he's all he's all about that stuff DP <laughs> yes digital photography that's what you meant <laughs> exactly director of photography yeah uh all right shall 2024, we 2024 most anticipated how do we want you want to just go down your list and give there's release no dates? list you guys just asked me for one well Be- the, because you originally were, you weren't even going to record you were and then, ailing you know yeah you like, were like whatever ah. you're like oh, i feel sick i have the black death from the ancient times. <laughs> I sound we were pretty BT. bad. It wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. Well, here, I'm going to send you this Wikipedia link. You can feel did free you, to browse it. Did as you get you black don't lung from working in the coal mines? <laughs> I mean, probably like acrylic dust in my lungs or something <laughs> stupid. That's probably almost worse. Um, okay. Uh, I'll just, I'll run through my stuff and we can talk about what comes up. Uh, in order, like, I'll start with the things that have release dates right now. And Prince of Persia was on this list. It's not anticipated anymore because I've played it. So uh, we'll take that off there. Um, coming up on February 28th is the Dark Forces remaster. Yeah. Star Wars Dark Forces. Um, I'm just really curious about what that plays like and what it looks like. I know there's trailers out there. I uh, really you, can, it's, uh, you use a directional pad and one button, and that's it. There's no, no mouse look. I there's... hate to say, <laughs> it, it's like, it's, it's by Night Dive, isn't it? It is by Night Dive, It's yes. very similar to their recent Quake 2 remaster, which I didn't even realize came out last year. Um, it, it It looks like the original game for the most part, but you know, touched up and modernized to be playable on a new system. That's yeah. The in, thing in is, the unreal five engine with pixelated but graphics, it, it is not like <laughs> system shock. For example, it, it's not like it a remake like, of any type It's literally it just like the, the like retro doom levels that were hidden in doom <laughs> kind of. <laughs> wait, did you wait? Have you not played dark forces? I have played dark Forces. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks. I don't know. It just looks like Dark I'm Forces just to Google me. Google it now. No, no, no. I'm saying the Doom 2016 had like hidden old Doom levels. Does oh. it kind of feel like that? Uh, just like upresed, really pixely textures kind of situation. I don't. I, I think can't it feels even... a little more original than that. Like, okay. Well. Anyway, Dark Forces Remaster, I want to check it out. 
the day after that, on the 29th, the leap day, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the next chapter of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, um, it's probably m- one of my most anticipated games. Yeah, that's on my list, too. Because I just, I need to keep playing that, and I need to find out what's going to happen. Um, I did just download the demo that got released today, because I want to check it out. Dragon's Dogma 2 is coming on March 22nd. I've heard so many good things about the original Dragon's Dogma. I've never checked it out, but I'm just curious about what this one's going to be like. Um, so I know the, the guys at Remap are really into that game, so I definitely want to see what they think about it as well. Um, April 23rd, Yudin Chronicles 100 Heroes, which is the spiritual successor to Suikoden, uh, from some of the people who made Suikoden 1 and 2 and 3. Um, I played Yudin Chronicles Rising, which was good. I'm curious to see if the new game is more like an RPG in the vein of a Suikoden game. And then the last of my dated actual release date games is the braid anniversary edition coming on april 30th um i missed out on braid when it first came out i played it several years after that when i finally got an xbox 360 and um i really liked it and uh i'm curious to see i know that this game like i think they're doing a lot of work with it including adding like level by level commentary from jonathan blow which sounds fascinating if not a little bit probably irritating as well i don't know we'll see but um fascinatingly irritating yeah so that's everything on my like stuff that currently has a release date okay things without release dates hades 2 yep that's on me i got that too can't wait for hades 2 hyper light breaker is the sequel to hyper light drifter could come out this year Definitely want to check it out. Might be too old for it at this point. My reaction time is mm. slowed. Uh, there's a remake of Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, which yep, is a that. game that has been hard to get. And I played the original Paper Mario on the Wii when it came out on Virtual Console. Um, so I've never played this one. I definitely want to check that out. Um, Star Wars Outlaws, which is the Ubisoft uh, Star Wars game from the... Uh, the folks behind the division, right? Massive. Yep. Um, I know there's trailers out there for that. Haven't watched them. Seems you know, like they would just own shit if they made like a division Star Wars game that's multiplayer. Yeah, probably. It would fucking dominate. They should. They should probably do that. You know, they're probably but doing that. They should be. Um. And then there is a remaster of Sweet Code and Run and Two that is coming at some point this year, probably. Um, so I want to check that out for sure. And then one last one is the Rise of the Golden Idol. Um, I can't remember if I talked about playing the Case of the yeah, Golden you Idol did, at all. Because okay. I I saw it randomly on my wish list today. I was like, this seems like something Alex talked about. And then yes. I I noticed they're coming out that sequel of sorts yes. yeah you you talked about it and jason shrek talked about it a lot and uh basically all of triple click was like on board with that game it looks it's, really cool i'm gonna pick it up at some point yeah it's great it's another kind of oberdin ish yeah kind of game 
Um, I feel like I should go back and actually finish that game first, though, since I already own it. You should. It's a good one. Um, but yeah, that's everything on my list of uh, most anticipated games of 2024. Cool. Uh, I'll run through mine. Brian can go last because he only has one. Um, Helldivers 2, I'm kind of pumped for because it looks pretty sweet. Um, I also think it, it's uh, it's going to be fairly cheap, too, if I recall correctly. So that's always great because I am i don't have any money anymore. I got, I got the first one for free for some reason. It, I'm sure the second one will be pre- free on PS Plus in two months or something like that. <laughs> Uh, Legendary Tales on PSVR 2. Legendary Tales looks like basically like a Kingsfield in VR, but like you can grab the skeletons and like punch the shit out of their face, which looked really cool. Hmm. Um, I believe it's already out on Steam for like other headsets, but it's coming out for PSVR 2. Uh, Alone in the Dark. Oh, I should say Helldivers comes out on the 8th. Legendary Tales comes out on the 8th. Alone in the Dark remake sound looks cool because it's like not just a, it's not a remaster. They're like completely redoing like the whole game, uh, and David Harbor's in it, and nice. looks oh. pretty rad. That comes out March twentieth. Rise of the Ronin March twenty second. Super excited for that. That looks good um, too. Yeah, I mean that's that's some Souls like samurai action, a la Ghost of Tsushima or Neo, yeah. which I'm into those games. Uh, Black Myth Wukong is August 20th. Excited for that. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade huh? Bloodlines 2 has supposedly is is close to being completed. They did release like a, a quote-unquote gameplay trailer that showed some pretty cool action going on. Um, it looks very much like cyberpunk, but with vampires. Uh, like some of the time slowdown abilities of quick movement kind of shit going on. So I'm kind of into that. That seems cool. Avowed comes out sometime this year too. That's a uh, who's that? That's uh, Obsidian. Obsidian. Obsidian's Skyrim like. Yeah, uh, and then Pacific Drive, which I don't know if you guys have watched any of the stuff about Pacific Mm-mm. Drive, but there have been some really cool gameplay reveals about that. Uh, and then Hades too, and Paper Mario too. And then I I'm throwing this out there. I have a sneaking suspicion that the Switch Two will get announced with Metroid Prime 4 as a launch title mm. this year. Mm. I don't know when it will be released, but I have a feeling those two things will happen this year. That is my prediction for the year at some point. Switch 2 and Metroid Prime 4, hand in hand. You can write that down, take it to the bank. If Joy-Con you want. and Joy-Con. We can, we can vote on what they're going to call the next controller iteration. <laughs> That's a gold bloom lock for John's prediction. Yeah, so I I don't know what the Switch 2 is going to be. I know a w- couple episodes back, we kind of tried to joke about what the next gimmick was going to be about it. We don't really know. Nothing's really been said. It's pretty under it's under a pretty lock and key right now, but I I just have a I have this feeling. It feels right. Because they keep announcing all this stuff about how the Nintendo Switch is the best-selling console of all time in Japan. I'm seeing these like articles pop up about the Nintendo Switch being a dominator in the, in the game space, and it totally is. Uh, so I think everyone's just getting primed up, no pun intended, for Metroid Prime 4 in the Switch 2. I would be so ecstatic, ecstatic if that turns out to be true it it just it it makes sense to have kept delaying metroid prime 4 for the sake of it being 
like a you know what do you call that a flagship launch title for like yeah. the new yeah. system because they had Zelda you know Breath of the Wild is what launched the Switch originally so and they just had Tears of the Kingdom Tears come the Kingdom. out now yeah it only makes sense that something else big and anticipated would be launched with the Switch 2 to sell consoles. They might so. also have a, a Mario game in the wings, because it's been a while since Mario Odyssey uh, shipped. For sure. So. No, it, it, absolutely. I mean, they only released two other Mario games in the past year, you know, and there's three <laughs> more coming. So, <laughs> as if we don't have enough Mario... And, and a fucking movie. Like, we don't have enough like, Mario going on. Full on next like 3D Mario, not yeah. Like, I know. I'm just know. being. I'm just being a piece of shit. But I, I really. I think. I think the Switch Two is coming this year. I well. I don't know if it's actually coming this year. It would be amazing if they announced it. Probably March 18th or whatever was the original Switch release date, and yeah. then it drops before Christmas to get everybody all frenzied for Black Friday. That'd be a good idea. So it'd be good marketing on their part, I think. Anyways, that's my list of things that I'm most anticipated for. Uh, confirmed and unconfirmed. Brian, what is your list of one? Uh, it, <laughs> uh, there's more, I guess. Um, the stuff that you mentioned, a lot of it piques my interest, uh, like the uh, vampire game and uh, Rise of the Ronin. Uh, I feel like somebody mentioned Dragon's Dogma 2. That's me. Yeah, I'm interested in that because people, countless people try to get me to play the first one, but I missed the boat on it. It is too hard for me to play that now. Mm. It does It does feel incredibly dated. I did, I picked it up on PlayStation a while back and it just doesn't quite, it doesn't quite work for me. I think I have it on Steam and on PlayStation on I've always been like, oh, it's for sale on on Switch, and I thought about that too, but I don't yeah. think I bought it. Yeah. Um. Also, the Alone in the Dark game, definitely, because I played through the first three originals, and really enjoyed those. Because you remember the time before electricity. Yeah. It's the time before fully three D games. So it was. It was the game is about you. Right when you yeah. were alone in the dark, about, being, about him being alone in the dark, <laughs> alone until the damn monsters found me. And I had to keep running room to room. Damn. Um. Yeah, those games were weird. Were the monsters like an allegory for like scurvy? <sighs> no, I eat a lot of limes and. Oh, okay. Well, I don't eat. I juice them into cocktails. Keep the scurvy away. <laughs> I don't really eat them. Um, something else that... Oh, I'm pretty interested in Homeland 3. Or Homeworld, sorry. Homeworld 3. Because there hasn't been a new Homeworld game in a very long time. And I remember playing around with those back in the day. And they were, they were, they were pretty wild for RTSs because they had a whole... Uh, Z plane to them, like you could not only you know go around things and toward things, you could go above them and below them, and it was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, well, 
But what I had on my list originally was Hades 2, which I don't see on this list at all. Like, not even in the undated category, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they confirmed that early access will start this year. The Sweet Code and Remaster's not on there either. I think it's I think it's not an exhaustive list, but it's usually a pretty good one, is my my uh, thinking. But gotcha. I, do, I think you're right. I think they've said that at least it will be early access in 2024. And I think my whole thing is, I know last time around they did early access and but they were writing new story as they went along like they had voice acting and story bits that that makes as you would reach the end of what they had made up to that point you would still be getting new new story as zagreus so i think like I probably will try and partake in the in the early access this time around because of that fact when I have not done that previously. Because mm-hmm. um, they at least seem to be making it worthwhile and different and fresh enough to, to do that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, the other one that I think will be a lot of fun for me personally is Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. That's being developed by Machine Games, which did the modern Wolfenstein games, like uh, New Order, and uh, uh, I always forget the name. The other one, the Old Guard, and New the World New Colossus. Or something, maybe? New Colossus, yeah, yeah. Man, those games were a trip. Like, I didn't think that the my favorite part of the games would be the story. And the characters, but that was definitely the case. <laughs> like they were fun to play, but they they had some infuriating encounters here and there. But overall, felt pretty good. And uh, but man, the story was a wild ride. Um, I hope they go back to that franchise at some point because they kind of left it open at the end. Um, maybe Indiana Jones will find. Maybe. I mean, anything is uh, possible. Hitler, you know? And <laughs> they'll have to take Mecha Hitler down? That would be a, a fun tie-in. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that looks pretty fun, and it'll be really interesting to play an Indiana Jones game from first person most of the time. Like, there were times, I guess, the game changes to third person, but for the most part, it is yeah. a first person game, because that's what they do best. That's why they decided to do it that way. It's like when you when you uh, go up ladders and you slide down ropes and things like that. Yeah, you, yeah, interact with certain puzzles and whatnot, which I guess will be a big part of the game, which makes sense because it's indie. Uh, yeah, other than that, I'm good. Yeah, there's, right. there's other things, but whatever. Yeah, and I mean, the things that always like crop up out of nowhere are always quite interesting yeah. too. Like I'm sure there's plenty of indies and stuff that will make it out and sneak it on like home safety hotline. Um, <laughs> like stuff that just pops up out of nowhere is always fun to check out too. But yeah. I will mention that green man says Pacific drive comes out on the 22nd of this month. That does look really cool too. And then oh. banishers ghost of new Eden comes out on the 13th. And I haven't, I feel like I haven't heard anybody talking about this game, but it looks really cool. Like graphically. Um, 
that's the new uh, Don't Nod game, which are yes. the people that did um, uh, Life is Strange, which is weird. Like, I, it feels like it came up out of nowhere for a lot of people. Like, there hasn't been a lot around it, so I'm very curious to see uh, what people say about it. Oh, that, there's it a... looks it looks pretty cool though. Yeah. Did you realize there's a demo for Pacific Drive? Oh, really? Yeah. I did I'm not know that. that. Yeah, Pacific Drive, we should say is like a it's I think it's like a roguelike-ish game, it, but yep. you're constructing your like apocalyptic well, look, You have van. a station you have like a woody station wagon and you yeah. have a garage like home base and you go out on runs to collect supplies to like protect yourself from like the whatever the time storm is or whatever that rolls through mm-hmm. and so like you have to like go out collect the stuff and on your way back to your base like roads can get closed off so you've got to create other pathways and things to get back and then once you get back you have to like repair your vehicle replace panels on the woody and stuff and it looks pretty involved actually yeah, yeah it, it seems check that out it seems it's very right interesting now. Yeah, Green Man, if you have a Green Man account, they have it up for twenty one fifty nine. Oh, that's cheaper than uh oh, I might have to check that out. Nice. Uh yeah. Um That's cool. I'm yeah. good. That's pretty much it. Sounds good. Very cool. Uh in video game news, um everybody's doing layoffs still. Yep. Thousands of people have continued to lose their jobs in many places. Uh, it's sad. Yeah. So. And there's no confirmation of this, but I keep seeing rumors of people saying that Microsoft is pulling out of the hardware game completely. Well, yeah, there's a lot of rumors that a lot of Microsoft games will be coming <laughs> to PlayStation, which is pretty crazy. Like, Halo uh, Infinite as might far come as I'm to concerned, PlayStation it's 5. fucking genius. Like, they're going to buy up some of the biggest studios and just, they don't have to deal with paying for hardware anymore. Someone else can take on that expense and they can just focus on the games and creating content for their players. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, they want to they sell Game Pass to people um, and whatever device they could play it on. So yep. I'm sure, you know, they'll figure out a way to do that. That, I mean, that may be the whole stipulation of future Call of Duty on PlayStation is you've got to own Game Pass on PlayStation to get it. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it'd be it'd be really interesting. I, I will say it was really cool to sign up for Ubisoft Plus and be able to play it on the Xbox because I was like, I could have done it on pc no question but the fact that it's compatible on xbox was just great because i could just link my accounts and then it would let me download all the stuff on the ubisoft service which is very nice that's pretty cool so like if they continue to do things like that and and work out deals like that with steam like god if you could do steam deck game pass it would be game over that'd be so great a hundred percent. Which I think I think I read somewhere too that the um the guys who make the Proton Pack like add-ons that are basically what make the Steam Deck work. Yeah, the compatibility are, layer. Yeah, they're making some system that basically applies it to every game. Yeah, regardless of like how you own it or whatever like it can apply it like it can apply the proton pack to the game and then you can play it on your steam deck without any issue 
So that, I mean, that's the way like heroic game launcher works, which is basically like an interface for the Epic game store and the GOG galaxy game store. Right. And you can use that to select proton, like different versions of proton. And there's a website called proton DB, which people use to kind of tell you like, Hey, this is what version of proton you should use with this game because it's what works best. Yeah. That's cool. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it in a while to see if there's any real way to play Game Pass on uh, on uh, Steam Deck without, like, installing Windows as of yet. But, you know, I think uh, any way they could make that easier would be pretty incredible. So For sure. Well, I think that's pretty much it. I think so, too. Nice, quick, and easy one for everybody. Yeah, you can find all the places to listen to the show at midwestgamenerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. Help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks to JCK, Tom Z, David O, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to join the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Check out our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. And as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Maybe next time we will talk about Helldivers 2 and Legendary Tales, PSVR, and whatever else is coming out in the meantime. I don't know. I didn't write all your guys down. so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting games coming out. Yes. Uh, but I'm still... I'm I'm gonna be ready for Death Stranding too, when it comes. <laughs> Good. I'm very excited. I'm sure you have time. <laughs> yeah, I don't have time to finish Final Fantasy remake like I said I wanted to before Rebirth comes out. But one game at a time, one game yeah. at a time. So, anyways, thanks again everybody for joining us. We will see you next time. Peace.